Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It is a delight and honor to have you as part of our audience. We are really excited about what the Lord is doing around the world in biblical counseling and through biblical counseling. We were recently at the ACBC and CCF national conferences, and it was so exciting to see thousands of people gathered together to be encouraged and equipped with God's word and how to go and use it to minister to people who are sinning and suffering and going through all kinds of situations in life. What a blessing to see many of you. And thank you for many of you who stopped by our booth to encourage us to share with us how you have been blessed by our podcast, by our blogs, and by various other resources of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. And we are greatly blessed to hear as well what the Lord is doing in and through you in your context. We heard many people who are here in the United States, but also many people around the world. I talked to people in Korea, England, India, Africa, South America, Central America, just Canada, all across the globe. And hearing what God is doing is so exciting. Uh, And we are thankful to be a part of that through the Biblical Counseling Coalition. I want to put a date on your calendar for you to be thinking about. That is Tuesday, November 29th. That is what has become known as Giving Tuesday. It is an opportunity for nonprofits like the Biblical Counseling Coalition to launch our year-end giving. And we want to encourage you to give to the ministry of the Biblical Counseling Coalition so that you can see unity built through relationships in the Biblical Counseling Movement. We have been surveying our partners and biblical counselors all across the world to see how we can best utilize the resources, time, and energy that the Lord has given us as the Biblical Counseling Coalition for the next phase of ministry. And we're excited to share with you some of the initiatives that will be coming out of that, that we want to take your feedback and apply it to our lives and to the ministry that God has entrusted us with. One of those things is an initiative we are calling Unite Global and Unite Local. The Unite Global aspect is primarily going to be focused on our global summit that we are targeting for 2025. Uh, Many of you were looking forward to the 2020 Global Summit, which obviously got put on hold, but we are rescheduling for 2025 and can't wait to host that. The Unite Local initiative is uh, going to be manifest primarily through what we're calling Regional Biblical Counselor Networks. And I'm excited to share with you an interview that I did with a, a biblical counseling network that already exists. We have a few podcasts that are coming out to talk about those that are already in existence, and we want to use those as exemplars to spur on further and more regional biblical counselor networks where people who are co-located geographically can gather together for sharpening, for encouragement, for prayer, for sharing of resources. And these, this series of podcasts are designed to help you understand what it looks like, what it could look like in your area. If you want to find out more, you can contact us at info at biblicalcc.org and we'll connect you with our regional biblical counselor uh, network coordinator and operations supervisor Dave Peterson. But today's interview is with Dave Kirk, who's a pastor at Grace Community Church in North Liberty, Iowa. And Dave has been running uh, a great 
regional biblical counselor network called the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition. And he's founded it and has been running it since 2013. Dave has a lot of ministry experience, over 28 years of ministry experience in various roles. He's a pastor. He has two master's degrees from Liberty. Uh, He's an ACBC certified counselor, and he is going to share with you today about what it looks like to have a regional biblical counselor network, how you can start one, how you can benefit from one and be a part of one and see it really multiply ministry in a, in a region where, where you are. Relationships are so key to helping build unity in the biblical counseling movement. And that's one of our biggest passions and why we want to help these regional biblical counselor networks take off. Uh, but it's also going to benefit your soul and your ministry to be a part of one. So thanks so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, Dave Kirk, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Could you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, uh, Curtis, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to spending the time with you guys uh, today. So as Curtis said, my name is Dave Kirk, and I'm the pastor of spiritual formation at Grace Community Church in North Liberty, Iowa, uh, which is basically in Iowa City. And uh, in my role, I oversee all the discipleship, equipping, and leadership development uh, that goes on at our church, uh, as well as biblical counseling. We do have a biblical counseling director. Her name's Amy Marino. She does a great job. Um, and so super excited about what she's doing. I am also the co-founder and director of the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition, which we'll be talking about more today. I've been married to my beautiful wife, Debbie, for 28 years. We have five kids. Uh, the first four are all boys. And uh, that's uh, been interesting. I remember when uh, my wife and I got uh, got engaged, we were talking about having a big family. And she said, hey, I want a big family. And I said, hey, two kids sound great to me, too. And <laughs> she laughed. And then I said, well, as long as they're not boys, because if they're all boys and they're like me, I don't know what would happen. And, uh, and in God's uh, sovereignty and sense of humor and in his ultimate wisdom, our first four were boys and, uh, that was phenomenal. And then, uh, our last one was born when we moved here to Iowa. Um, I've served in ministry for, oh man, almost 30 years. I spent 13 years, uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, before we moved here to North Liberty, Iowa back in 2009. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great opportunity and the Lord has blessed uh, my wife and I and our family and, the people that I've served with greatly, we have so much to be thankful for. Yeah, well, praise the Lord for that. And definitely sounds like you don't have much downtime or many dull moments. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, uh, I wanted to talk to you today about the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition because we're doing a series on regional networks and helping people understand what it what it looks like to gather together on a local basis with uh, biblical counselors from your geographic region. And you've been doing this with the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling for some time. So tell everybody a little bit about the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition, what it is, when did you begin? Yeah. So we began uh, back in the uh, early spring of 2013. So we're, we're looking forward to celebrating that 10-year anniversary next, uh, next year. Um, the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition, the whole reason why we exist is really to equip churches to make disciples, to make disciples through biblical counseling um, in their churches. Uh, we were heavily, I was heavily, uh, 
influenced uh, by CCF, by ACBC, the guys out at Faith Lafayette, and of course, uh, Garrett Higby and uh, his soul care model. And we kind of took all of those and said, man, that's something that uh, every single church in America needs. And as we were building our own biblical counseling ministry here at Grace, and just starting to talk to area people, we found out that there was just a lot of pastors and leaders who didn't understand that uh, the counseling was a part of who they were called to be as pastors and shepherds and, el- and elders. And, and while we all certainly have different gifts, talents, and abilities, uh, we're all care- called to care for our flock and shepherd our flock well. And so we wanted to, we saw a need to really step in and help pastors and leaders focus on, um, getting trained themselves, but also then training their churches on teaching their people how to care for one another well. And so that was really the impetus behind why we started the EIBCC was to really focus on the local church and to be an encouragement and equipping place for the leaders of those local churches with the hopes that those then those local churches would build that kind of soul care, biblical counseling processes into the discipleship processes in their church. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, early congratulations. It'll be exciting to see 10 years of ministry and what that's looked like. So tell, tell everybody how, um, how things have been growing over the last nine, almost 10 years. Yeah. So we started in, in 2013, there were, uh, three churches, uh, people from three churches that came together. Uh, we all had been participating in the same kinds of trainings and God just providentially put us together and is, uh, I just started talking and sharing our vision and realizing, hey, this is something we could bring to uh, Eastern Iowa. Um, that was around the time that, Curtis, you guys were talking at, as the Biblical Counseling Coalition about having networks. And so we just took off and uh, said, what, what does God want us to do here? And so we started off with three churches, and those three churches were all pretty much focused in what we call the corridor area here in Iowa, which is Iowa City, North Liberty, Cedar Rapids. They're all within 15 minutes of each other, 20 minutes of each other. <clears throat> and from there, uh, we have spread out geographically, for sure. Um, we now have churches that are part of our Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition um, that are uh as far east as the Illinois border in the Quad Cities, Davenport, Rock Island, Moline area. Uh, We have churches that are part of the EIBCC that are from northern Iowa, some now that are from uh, south central and even pushing west. And over the last couple of years before COVID hit, we were talking about what's it look like to do a name change Mm. Uh, because we're realizing (laughs) we're not necessarily Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition anymore. Yeah. And uh, so, so God has blessed in that uh, we've spread out geographically, uh, but he's also blessed in that he's taken that from uh, three churches that were plugged in and involved together to prior to COVID about 28 churches that uh, were participating in the Eastern Iowa Biblical Counseling Coalition. Uh, Since COVID, like all of our churches have found, we've gone through a period of attrition uh, in some, in some ways in that some churches had to stop and just focus on what they were going to do as a church to respond to the different crises and stuff like that that came about due to COVID and other things in our area. And so today we're, we're sitting anywhere between 16 and 20 churches um, and then other churches that are part of our mailing list, but uh, active participating churches, 16 to 20. So we've had to retool and revamp just a little bit. 
Um, but it was exciting in that, uh, as we went through COVID, uh, the EIBCC kept going. And so we moved all of our meetings to zoom and those kinds of things. And, uh, uh, found a couple silver linings in that. And, uh, yeah, God just continues to bless that way. So. No, it's really wonderful to see that, that growth, uh, like you said, both numerically and geographically. Um, and I'm, have every confidence that the, that those numbers will come back. And as things reopen and everybody's more comfortable coming back together, that'll be really good. So tell tell everybody kind of the nuts and bolts. When you talk about your meetings, how often do you meet? What do you meet? Uh, where do you meet? How, what does that look like for you all? Yeah. Great question. Um, so on our webpage at eibcc.org, we kind of spell it out real plain on the front part of the way that we work to equip our pastors and leaders in the churches and, and, and people of our churches is we do it through regular monthly meetings. We do it through uh, yearly conferences. Uh, we also have mentoring and coaching and then equipping resources that we put on our webpage. And so the, the for the, the bread and butter for us really is that monthly meeting. Um, since the get go, we've, we've had that monthly meeting on the third Thursday morning of the month. And uh, it, at different locations, um, uh, making sure that it's centrally located, but uh, uh, different locations, the third Thursday mornings of the month. And at those meetings, they're generally about an hour and a half, two hours long from about 8.30 to 10.30. Uh, we bake in just enough time for some encouragement uh, and get to know you because almost monthly we have new pastors, new leaders, new lay, pe- lay people coming. And so we take time for people to get to know each other. Uh, and then we have a time of, uh, equipping and, um, we rotate what that equipping looks like. So one month, um, the, the equipping will be on giving pastors and leaders tools that they need to, to develop their own counseling ministry and to develop their own confidence and encouragement in, in biblical counseling. Um, and then the other month, um, the alternating months, then we will teach on tools that those leaders can take and actually implement with all of their different department and church leaders across their church. So we have found that to be just an excellent rhythm. So one month is a, our personal tools and the next month are, are tools that they can give out to everyone in their church. And uh, that's been really beneficial. We have found in that, uh, in that monthly meeting as well, that man, not only has it been great for equipping, um, and, and great for encouragement. It's really grown the confidence of the people that have come, um, in regards to, uh, confidence about how to make disciples in their church. Uh, it has also been fantastic in regards to networking, um, because we've got pastors and leaders that never would have connected had they not come through the EIBCC. And so as they come and they meet each other monthly, uh, it's been a lot of fun to see, these pastors reaching out to one another, especially when they have difficult shepherding situations in their church or somebody's moving to a different community. They already know these pastors and they know that they're like-minded and they can send them to those churches and those churches are going to shepherd them well. And so we have found a lot of camaraderie um, across the EIBCC and the fact that we all work together uh, to help care for people. And so that monthly meeting has been what we've really uh, relied on and focused on as our bread and butter. I did mention we have a yearly conference that we do. The last two years, we had to cancel our conference due to COVID. Um, but part of our 10-year celebration is bringing back that conference for, uh, for the fall of 2023. 
So we're excited about that. And then um, we also do consulting. And sometimes that consulting looks like um, meeting pastor to pastor or pastor to leaders, that kind of thing. Sometimes our consulting looks like uh, we'll actually go in and uh, do training um, for a church leadership. Sometimes that's a weekend training. Sometimes that's a morning. Um, I remember one church we worked with, they brought their entire leadership in and we worked with them from eight o'clock to one or two o'clock in the afternoon, just helping them think through and revamp all their discipleship processes. And, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so those are the three main ways that we, uh, accomplish what we are trying to accomplish. Oh, that's really, really great. In in um, I will come back to this in a moment. I do want to encourage people who are listening because this is part of a series where we're trying to encourage people on how to begin a network and how to start one. Um, you don't have to start that big <laughs> with all of those things, uh, but it's really great to see those different areas of focus. You and I were talking a little bit beforehand that um, there are a number of regional networks already in existence out there. Uh, one of those, Dan Carmody up in Wisconsin, that you helped him get uh, up and running. Um, and each one can have a different focus. You guys are primarily focused on local church pastors uh, and equipping them. Uh, what are some other ways you've seen people focus their attention in, in these regional networks? Yeah, well, you mentioned a great one, Dan Carmody and what they're doing over in Wisconsin. Uh, their passion and their vision is to see people trained to be certified biblical counselors. And so a lot of what they do is, you know, they put a lot of their time and energies and, and, and resources into getting those um, people trained um, for certification, which is a wonderful, which is a wonderful call. Um, I know of uh, uh, rubbing shoulders with some other guys. Um I know a group that was meeting down in Florida that they were focused on as a little bit more of an intimate, smaller group, but they were just focused on kind of pastor to pastor, counselor to counselor, um, working just to encourage one another and to, to care for one another in that. And so whether it's that, that small intimate group or what you're, what Dan Carmody's doing in Wisconsin, where they're trying to train counselors or what we're trying to do is just train the discipleship processes of the churches all of those things I think God's going to use to really strengthen the church to be all about the great commission and to be making the disciples that we're called to make. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And one of the things we want to encourage people to think about is that they don't have to all look the same and you can pick what, what you want to focus on in your particular area and what, what you feel the Lord's calling you to do if, if he's calling you to start one of these. Um, you've talked a lot about the local church, and obviously when you're focusing on pastors and leaders and affecting their discipleship, you're going to be involved in churches and supported by churches. But we also believe biblical counseling should be grounded in the local church. So how how is it, why is it important, and how does it actually work out to have local churches supporting you and you supporting them? As, as our church, Grace Community Church, was getting up and running with biblical counseling, we were one of only uh, maybe two churches, three churches in the whole area that were even focusing on that. You know, Andy Biddle over in Sailorville, he was doing some stuff uh, in the Des Moines area. Um, and as we started getting our biblical counseling ministry up and running and other area pastors and leaders heard about that, they started sending their people to us for counseling. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, in one way, it's like, well, that's, that's good. You know, <clears throat> they have some place to send, but again, um, our heartbeat is that, 
uh, churches would do their best to care for their own people as much as they can. And so uh, early on, we made a stipulation that, yes, we'll counsel um, somebody from another church, but we wanted their pastor or somebody who was high up in leadership to come with them as an advocate. And uh, having that advocacy program was phenomenal um, because as they actually did that, um, the pastors were able to see firsthand, oh, my goodness, all we're really talking about is, is shepherding and discipleship, and I can do this. You know, and so as we would counsel in our counseling room, everybody in the entire room was being encouraged, edified and trained. And so then they would go back on quite honestly, they would go back on fire. And that's where that was oftentimes the impetus that those churches would then lock arms with us and say, we want to be a part of the EIBCC. And from there, we've seen numerous pastors and leaders go on to be certified and not all do. We, you know, we don't make it a. Uh, we don't make it a stipulation that to be a part of the IBCC that you have to be certified with a certain type of biblical counseling certification, but certainly we highly encourage it. And, and we promote the fact that they could get certified in that. Um, so that's how we feel like we have helped really to support the local church and the pastors specifically. And then they have turned around and as they have gotten excited about that, um, then they come and some of those pastors early on, actually now sit on our core team. And so as, uh, as we get more familiar with them and we see them developing those processes in the church and, um, those kinds of things, then, uh, we will reach out to them and, you know, ask them to bring training and equipping to us one month. And so we try to try to spread that out. And so really what we're after is mutual equipping and mutual edification. Yeah. No, it's good. And you even mentioned the physically rotating locations, which I've, I've in the different groups that I've seen, I think that's a helpful thing so that it doesn't become the ministry of one particular church or maybe one church has an over, um, you know, an abundance of influence over the, over the group, but really is a, a shared effort. So, um, I think that's a helpful thing. So if somebody <clears throat> wanted to start a, a local network and I mentioned this before, they don't have to begin with all of these different avenues. They don't have to start with an annual conference or anything like that. What, what, what do they actually need to start? What are the first things to think about? I would say the very first thing, obviously, is prayer and a vision. Uh, a prayer and a vision followed closely by um, who, who are you going to run with? Who's going to be that community that is going to help you start? Like in our situation, you know, there were a couple of our leaders from Grace and then uh, <clears throat> a couple of leaders from a church in Cedar Rapids and then um, Sydney Maledge, who is still part of our core team. She was from Faith Bible in, in, in Iowa City. And so, you know, through prayer and through having a mission and a vision statement and then having that little community to get started off on, you know, back in 2013, the way we started, like I said, was with three churches. So there were like five of us that would meet at a coffee shop once a month to prayerfully discuss what does this look like for us to do this? And that happened for a while before we even said, let's have our first monthly meeting. So I would say early on, just uh, again, I can't stress enough the importance of prayer in that. Um, also, uh, a, a mission and a vision. And then have a couple people that'll join it, you know, join with you on the front end of that. 
Yeah. One of the things that has been a, a common thread, and I've seen some of these efforts really succeed or or fail, honestly, based on whether or not there's uh, one person, not that one person's carrying the load, but there needs to be a point person who's kind of leading and steering and driving the ship a little bit. Um, what, how, how much of... One, do you think that's true? And then two, if it is, like how much time do you think somebody should be thinking? Because I know a lot of the people are, they're busy. They're doing their, they're working in their church. Maybe they have a job, they've got family, all these other things. Um, and that's a significant question. So do you think that's legitimate that there needs to be a, a primary point person? And then what kind of work or time commitment is that? Yeah, I 110% agree with you that, that it does take a point person. Um, and however, I would also say that, that, that point person needs a phenomenal team as well. (laughs) And so, yeah. Um, and I've been blessed because, um, I have been the point person, uh, since the outset. Uh, but we very much practice a team ministry on the core team and that core team has been with me. They've gone and done conferences, you know, they do some of the background work. Um, they help set up for meetings and those kinds of things. So no way is the EIBCC a one man show, not by any stretch of the imagination. However, there does need to be a point person for vision and keeping things together and that kind of thing. And so I would say early on, if you're just getting started, um, you know, like me, you, you know, somebody's probably going to be in ministry or they're, you know, they're going to have other job going on or something um, where that, that's your main focus. Right. So for us, it looked like early on, it looked like a monthly meeting, um, with just the core team. And then it looked like, you know, um, uh, just little things here and there, like getting promotion up and going. So, you know, I was probably able to give, um, you know, five to 10 hours a month, um, on it. Uh, we're, we're hitting a stage now though, where we're realizing, okay, you know, uh, we're at a place where this could go one of two ways, you know, the IBCC could, could stay where it's at. It's pretty still, even though there's that many churches involved, we're pretty still grassroots and, you know, um, organic in a lot of ways. Um, but we're also realizing, man, that if this grows, it's, we need a point person that can put more time into it. And so then what does that mean? You know, because in our, in our network, uh, we don't currently charge dues, you know, or anything like that. Um, when we are charging, it's generally for, uh, the conference and that's just basically to get that money back, to be able to offer the equipping and the training that we offer. So that's why I mean by we've in this 10 years, we've still been able to be kind of grassroots and organic, um, in that we haven't taken that step to say, what's that look like to, have churches give financially so that they can, you know, we can have a point person or somebody that's in place that can spend more time now than needed, uh, or than, than what we actually have to, to give. And so that's something for us that we're looking at in our next two to five year plan is, um, you know, do we, or should we start setting aside money so that a point person can be focused on running that a little bit more because it's a, it's a bigger thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but earlier, but early on, I'd say, you know, five to 10 hours a month should be able to take care of that. 
Yeah, and five to ten. And some people I've talked to do it as a just as volunteers. It's not part of their ministry or anything like that. And like you said, five to five to ten hours is a it's a significant commitment, but it's not an overwhelming one. Um, but it, but also, if your church catches the vision of like this is something that we want to have be part of our ministry, and you have a staff pastor or somebody like that who can dedicate some time to it through as, as part of their ministry, it's still not going to steal them away from their other responsibilities. So Correct. it's good yeah. to, yeah, good to just get that out there for people to, yeah. to, to think about what, what are some of the blessings and benefits you've seen people get from participating in the EIBCC? I, yeah. And I mentioned a lot of these earlier on, I would say, um, man, equipping for sure. Um, uh, being able to put the dots together that, you know, caring and, and shepherding people, you know, that, that, that needs to happen biblically and a community is so much a part of that. And when you put, you know, biblical equipping and biblical community together, you're just really talking about a lifestyle of discipleship, you know, and, and to see the light bulbs come on for people, where they're like, Oh, that's not necessarily, I thought there, you know, you had to pick one or the other, you know, and that kind of thing. It's like, Nope, it's the whole, you know, it's the whole thing. So, uh, definitely, um, uh, the tools and the training that they've received, that's what we hear back all the time. Um, I would also say confidence. I said that earlier, I think, uh, church leaders really get a lot of confidence from, from our time. I would also say friendship. Um, I talked earlier about how uh, church leaders are networking with one another, but it's really awesome to see friendships develop. You know, what started out is, oh, I'm, I'm going to sit at your table on a, at a monthly meeting and we're going to chat and stuff like that, too. I'm hearing other pastors in the area telling me, oh, yeah, I got together with so-and-so and we're working on this and working on that. And I just that really blesses my heart. Uh, because I know where the genesis of that came from and I just thank the Lord for that. And so, yeah, I'd say equipping, I would say, I would say confidence and encouragement. I would say friendship and, and healthy community amongst the churches that are participating. Yeah. And like you said too, the, the joint sharing and caring for, uh, for the needs of the people yeah. uh, is, a, is a huge one. I know a lot of biblical counselors who participate in groups like this. One of the things they'll say, especially if they're in a, in a location or maybe a church where they are very isolated, they're the only person doing soul care ministry, um, being able to get together with brothers and sisters who are like-minded and, and working in the same area is such a, such a huge encouragement to them. So thank you for, for creating the, that opportunity for people in the center of our country. And maybe it'll be I guess Central America Biblical Counseling Coalition wouldn't be right, but <laughs> I'm not a good namer, so you'll have to go to somebody else for something like that. But yeah. um, but no, thanks. Well, if somebody had further questions and wanted to reach out and ask you um, more about starting a regional network or what you guys do at EIBCC, how could they yeah. get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me uh, a couple different ways. They can go to our eibcc.org webpage. And click on, click on me there, and it's going to send an email to me. Uh, that's one way. They can also contact me through Grace Community Church. My email is davek at grace, the letter B and the number three, dot org. So davek at grace3.org. So either of those two ways is great. Um, 
and I would definitely look forward to, to hearing from anybody that uh, has questions. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. Um, <clears throat> well, we're wrapping up our time together, but do you have time for our two-minute favorites? I don't think I sent you these questions, but it's a fun thing I like to do with our guests. Yeah, let's go for it. What is your favorite food? Oh, man, I would say uh, wings. All right. Buffalo wings. Favorite color? Uh, blue. Favorite sport? Oh, man, do I have to pick one? I got like a ton of them. Uh, I'd say baseball or golf. All right. Favorite sports team? St. Louis Cardinals forever. All right. If you, uh, What's your favorite, the favorite gift you've ever received? Um, my salvation. All right. Favorite gift you've ever given? Oh my goodness. Uh, favorite gift I've ever given. Um, putting the ring on my wife's finger when we said I do. Mm. Yes. My, the wedding ring to my wife. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor. Chocolate tip cookie dough. Favorite Bible verse? Hebrews 4, 12 through 16. All right. Favorite candy? Favorite candy would be... I got to go with dots, man. All right. Favorite, yeah. favorite book uh, Favorite book of the Bible? Hebrews. Favorite book outside of Scripture? Oh, there's tons of them. Uh, I'll just give one of my, uh, two of my current favorite ones, uh, gentle and lowly by Dane Ortland. Mm. Uh, and then I'm reading, um, undistracted by Bob Goff is his new writing. All right. Favorite word. Filthy. Least favorite word. <laughs> uh, least favorite word. Uh, oh my. Um, I don't know. Uh, least favorite word, moist. How's that? <laughs> That's a very common one. Very good. Yes. Well, Dave, that wraps up our two-minute favorites, which also wraps up our, our time together. So thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Hey, you're welcome, Curtis. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.